You know, I really miss my little beer fridge that is beside my desk that I could just have it there with me. It was just seriously the best beer fridge that I had. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the PC Perspective Podcast. We've reached episode number 717 somehow. It's April 5, 2023, as we record this. I am Sebastian Peake. I'm Jeremy Holstrom. You know, Boeing never really released a 717. I mean, True. they sort of did later on when they bought the McDonnell Douglas and they did the MD, uh, what, 80? And then they called it the 717. But it really wasn't the 717. It was a 707. Then they went to 727. They skipped. But it was, you know, it was actually the the Air Force tanker that was kind of considered the 717 based on the Anyway, I'm Josh Walrath. No. A uh, complete lack of... Uh Pithy comment here. I'm Brett Van Spurmberg. And I'm Kent Burgess. See, just probably questioning why you're here. Right to the point. Just introduced himself <laughs> like a human being. <laughs> well, we've gathered here again today to, uh, you know, talk about the topics at hand. There's kind of a big story. If you've been following tech media today, a big launch today. But first, let's thank our patrons. You can go to patreon.com slash PCPer and be like Stephen L., who actually keeps this going. So, Stephen, thank you. And also, it this is your fault. So, yes, partially in a very small way. This is indeed what happens from here on out is partially your fault. Thanks. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's including segments like this, the burger segment. Josh, please take oh, it no. away. Is it really that time again? Yeah, it is. It is. So anyway, uh, you've seen this one before, but we added a little dash of interest to it. It's the the Johnny Cash Burger, and it's got jalapenos, flaming hot Cheetos, queso, uh, buffalo uh, hot wing sauce, two patties. But you know, really, the the the, the topping is is those flaming hot Cheetos. They they give it a really satisfying crunch, and the heat that comes off from the buffalo sauce and um, the jalapenos. And, and those, it just, it all just combines. And that's why it's the Johnny Cash Burger, because eventually you two will be singing about the Ring of Fire. Uh, the other thing, he, he gave me two free wings uh, because it was uh, International Cuisine Week in Laramie. And so they all had to choose something. And these are Malaysian style chicken wings. So it's a uh, mix of, uh, it's, it's dry rub. It's a, a curry, cumin, chili powder, all kinds of other stuff. They, they left them refrigerated uh, in that stuff overnight, and then they fried them. So they're almost like breaded, except that bread is all spices. And then it's got mm. some kind of soy-based dipping sauce that was, you know, kind of earthy, you know, tangy, a little sweet. But, yeah, this was, this was a good day. I'm not going to eat for two days. And who can complain about getting two free chicken wings that were extremely well done? Perfectly cooked. Excellent. We're going to move into news, and the top story is AMD launches the Ryzen 7 7800X3D, or at least they review it. I think it's a little big, personally. Well, it's just a picture. I I don't know if it's actually that size. I don't know. I haven't seen it in person because uh, salty commentary warning. Uh, We didn't get one, so I don't know what it looks like in person. But uh, we're going to look at Kit Guru's review. Leo over it's there, not Kit that Guru. Big. 
Leo's just very small. You, oh, okay. You, you got the high end one. Come on, you did get the. Yeah, high but end everybody one. knew. Everybody should have known, and I think we've kind of hinted around about it. That, or maybe except for Josh, that the seventy eight hundred X three D was going to be the one to get. Forget this seventy nine. Now seventy nine fifty X three D is really impressive because it has a much lower power draw than the non three D version of it. So even for just general computing, it was great because it runs way cooler than the original one, and it's not that much slower for compute tasks. But the 7800X3D, that single CCD with the 3DV cache, it's the direct successor to the 5800X3D, the greatest gaming processor in the history of the world on AM4. And now we've got an AM5 version. I've got to remember where the actual gaming benchmarks start. Here's either page three or four. Look at that power what consumption. About? 93 watts running a 10-minute Cinebench. That's ridiculous. And the temp was 77. That's about where the temps were with the 7950, wasn't it? Look at that 5800X3D. Oh, yeah. yeah the, it's pulling even less. 74. Ooh. Remember when they launched the 7000 series and they said 95 was normal? Because it gets to 95 and then it determines what uh, frequency it can operate at. It's basically throttles. Well, these 3D parts don't throttle. So there's one advantage right there. Yeah, but they also don't tell you 95 degrees is normal. Because <laughs> it never was. <laughs> uh, marketing said it was, though. All right. Here's gaming results. Uh, let's see. 1440p. Eh, that's not the best way to test CPU performance in gaming, but whatever. It's that enthusiast resolution. So the 7800X3D is actually right up there with the 7950X3D. For some reason, the... Uh, the lows, the 1% lows are a little bit lower here. We'll talk about some possible complications with testing this processor as well. Here's 1080p, and it's actually slightly faster on average. Again, something going on with the 1% lows, but the long and short of it is with this review at KitGuru, the way that they tested at the platform that they used, software, chipset, OS, this new 7800X3D was consistently the fastest processor in every test in gaming. It depends on what outlet you look at, and it depends on whether or not they did a clean install for this and various other factors, whether the chipset driver install actually took, whether it's being optimized in the OS or not. But at least in KitGuru's findings, this is faster or potentially faster than the 7950X3D. It costs less money, draws less power, mm -hmm. lower temp. This chip, it throws down the gauntlet. Yar. It's the one we were waiting for. It's it's the promised one. It's the, the chosen one. Bring one. balance to the force. Chosen. Yeah. We'll bring balance to the CPU wars. Mm. Yeah, CPU Al, wars. Alan, the YouTube chat is bringing up the no. Gamers Nexus, who of course have a video review of this new part. They had to reinstall Windows to get it to work properly. There's uh, one of the links I put in our show notes. Uh, yep. Here's 3dcenter.org on... Uh, Twitter, who posted, if you don't reinstall Windows for this new part and had a 7950X3D in the system beforehand, which is exactly what I would have done, then the benchmark results will be lower than normal. So they're citing Tech Power Up's review where it underperforms compared to the 7950X3D. But all of this is is very subjective. You, you can do everything right, and still the performance doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So, and then apparently it's not just optional. Like, Look at the Gamers Nexus uh, conclusion on this matter. I had weird results with the 7950X3D. 
and I got two different sets of results depending on whether or not I had a clean install and whether or not I had reinstalled the chipset driver after a CPU swap, which is another thing AMD said that we needed to do. But apparently that's just not optional. You just have to have a clean install. Although I do have to love the comments, like the lack of understanding of how this stuff works. Comments oh. like, it's hard to accept a lazy reviewer who doesn't do a clean reinstall of Windows every time they review a new product. Oh, Hey! Okay. I got words for you later. I mean, if if you've if you only review one or two products a year, go ahead, knock yourself out. But when you have a platform testbed, like this is my AM4 testbed, this is my AM5 testbed, this is my Z690 testbed, you have a dedicated install of Windows with a certain uh, chipset driver revision, and exactly. you can do your comparative testing. Once you start doing things like clean installs, different chipset versions. That it you start to muddy the waters different to the point where you negate, drivers, yeah, you start to negate levels. the previous results. So, yeah. uh, also, I guess I'm a lazy reviewer if I ever reuse a single damn result from any previous result? review. So, well, also true because you know here's the here's the the long and short of it. <clears throat> Unless something major happens or you wait a year, if you like are two iterations of drivers, you're going to see less than a two percent, and in fact, mm-hmm. it just gets lost in the noise. But if you're Even reviewing Intel? something for the first time in a year, <laughs> okay, <laughs> no, maybe a little, a little bit uh, of an outlier when it comes to that. But you know, talking Nvidia and AMD drivers, it, you know, they've got the seventy nine fifty X three D on these charts, and it, you know, and it, I understand that they need to show a difference between these processors, but nobody is running even a seventy eight hundred. X3D or a 7800X um, or any Ryzen 7000 series or Intel 13th gen at 720p. Uh, and, and I mean, 1080p is still showing the, the mass on the Steam hardware review, but you know, most people with the hardware that expensive are, are running 1440p monitors unless they're gaming competitively and need 340 But, but Kent, don't you understand that you have to test the latest processors with a 4090 at these ultra-low quality settings to prove that it is theoretically possible that somebody's choice is better than somebody else's choice for their platform? <laughs> oh, I didn't realize that. It's like it, if, you, if you're a normal it, gamer and you've got <laughs> yourself like a 1440 monitor, a 4K monitor, or if you're into ultra-wide and you, you just want to game at high or even ultra settings, and you buy a six or $700 processor and a $1,500 graphics card or a $1,000 graphics card or whatever, obviously you need to turn everything down to the lowest setting so that then you yeah. somehow artificially manufacture a CPU bottleneck, and then you can thumb your nose at the person who didn't buy the CPU that you bought. And then and here I thought it was just to move the performance bottleneck as best they could towards the CPU to amplify differences. Uh, here, that's kind of what I thought it was. I, maybe I'm wrong. I, I just wrong. I would caution anybody uh, who is going to base a purchasing decision if they're totally platform agnostic and they don't care whether it's AMD or Intel or which generation of AMD. Don't just base everything on one uh, source. Unless I, honestly, mm. Gamers Nexus is probably the best source to use if you're going to do single source. You got to look around because most of these outlets, their results are going to be different. And it's not even, sometimes they're not even close. Like you'll have one CPU on top at one outlet and another one on top at another one, or maybe two places down. And not everybody 
not everybody, not I doubt very few people ever clean install before any review because it's a huge pain in the neck, especially if you're doing any kind of game testing because you probably already have your Steam library set up or mm -hmm. your Epic mm -hmm. Games library or your GOG library and it's all installed and configured and it's the right version number and you can't mix version numbers either. Performance with Cyberpunk 161 is different from 160, is different from 150, is different from launch. So that kind of thing. If you look at this story from videocards.com from a day or so ago, MSI internal testing, there were these slides that came out before this uh, embargo lift. Look at the difference between stock and then turning the uh, Expo on to put the DDR5 at 6000. And then the high efficiency mode. And then again at enhanced mode boost three, which is apparently an MSI setting for their motherboards, plus Expo and high efficiency mode. The thing just scales. It's scaling in Shadow of the Tomb Raider, Metro Exodus, uh, Watch Dogs Legion, Far Cry 6, Final Fantasy 14, and Walker Benchmark. So you're getting better performance and lower power draw. It seems to be a nice linear scale of at least you know a few percent. It says up to 9 to 12% higher game performance compared to stock settings. I mean, this is already a super efficient part, as we have seen. So it's this is the one. This is the one to get. We're talking sub 100 watt power consumption when you're gaming boost it even further and lower the power consumption even more, this is going to be the one to get. It's just a, mm. a well-bend part, I guess. Any more on the uh, 7800X3D? Hmm? I said, if you can get Expo to run. I've seen a lot of folks having trouble. Uh, Jay's Two Cents uh, put a 7950X3D in his new personal rig, and he could not get Expo to run on it at all and had to run his very expensive set of RAM at 4,800. I had the same issue. Yeah. I updated. You, you, it's your favorite thing, isn't it? Expo? I updated uh, to the latest BIOS to support the X3D when I got the 7950 in for testing, and then I could not get the AMD-provided G-Skill GDR5 6000 kit to run with Expo anymore. I ended up rolling back after I put the uh, non-3D part back in. And when is the uh, 7800X3D going to retail channels, you know? Tomorrow. Well, tomorrow, mm -hmm. right? April the 6th. AMD has announced the A620 chipset. We knew it was coming. We knew we were going to get an ultra-low-cost ecosystem for AM5, but this is better than I expected. I want to hear how you guys feel about this. All the major partners are on board. ASRock, Asus, Gigabyte, MSI, and Biostar are pictured here. A wide portfolio of options for AMD Ryzen 7000 series processors reads the uh, slide here. But if you look at the feature matrix graphic here, which is useless if you're listening to this, but I will try to describe it to you. You are losing out on PCI Express lanes, yes, but you still have a full by 16 Gen 4 for your graphics card with an additional four lanes dedicated to your high-speed storage, mm -hmm. also Gen 4. It doesn't support processor overclocking, but it does support memory overclocking and Expo. And you get, uh, you know, less... No USB too many. Yeah, no USB 20 gigabit per second, but you do get 10 gigabit per second and, of course, 5. And it's... This is just supposed to be your kind of your basic productivity desktop uh, business platform. But if it weren't for one thing, I think this would actually work for most people. I'm looking for a 2.5G internet or, or ethernet at least here. 
No, we talked uh, about that sure. before. It's, uh, according to Josh, it's um, totally irrelevant. Now let's let's just forget what Josh's opinion is on that for a moment, and let's just see. Yeah, and then the price point. The most important part is they're doing uh, it to to hit a price. Starting and at that's what amazes me. Eighty five dollars United States dollars SEP. It's a bloody third of the price. Now here's the problem. It supports sixty five watt TDP processors, mm-hmm. but it says and, and beyond and and beyond. So it's up to the motherboard vendor if they want to put better VRM on their motherboard and say, hey, this supports up to 105 or 120 or whatever, then this could be very interesting. Are you foreseeing a lot of very, very upset consumers in the future that don't pay attention to that 65 watt uh, limitation? Yeah, I mean, the the return rates will be high if they can't get the system to post. But Uh, yeah, I'm hearing that the non-X Ryzen parts, which I have not tested yet, the 65 watt parts are fantastic so mm-hmm. lower power draw lower temperatures and very close in performance yeah, yeah. we're getting to that ragged edge of optimization well with the last five percent costs 35 percent power increase mm-hmm. that, that was exactly my point yeah pretty much it's a nice offering because the, the 650s are bloody expensive for lower end I'm sorry. I mean, I understand, yes, there was a significant cost in designing them, making them, putting them out there, but when you're trying to scrape together a computer system for like the 500 buck mark and hoping to reuse, you know, some things, it's hard to do. This, as long as you're paying attention to what you're doing, buy a big enough SSD that the one M.2 slot, I'm assuming, because uh, they've just got the one PCI, or the one set of four lanes for a an NVMe drive. I mean, yeah, pay attention, but this would be great if you can find one for about a hundred bucks. It takes it down to the AM4 entry level. Yeah. There were, when I did my last, uh, when I last priced out an AM4 build to see how low it could go, somewhere in the neighborhood of 80 to $85 was the cheapest available, like in stock motherboard. So AM5 processors, like a non X part, under $200 plus one of these boards in the $85, $90 range. DDR5 is getting cheaper every week. Yeah. Well, finally, can they point. do like a DDR4 line and a DDR5 no. line? No. No. The platform has no, no DDR4 be, support. Okay. Yep. So, yeah, so I was just wanted to make sure. Ability. I just wanted to make sure and, everyone remembered that. that. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, no, I was I really paying for that. It would have been great if they'd offered it and then the lower end boards, like there'd be a dividing line somewhere in like the B550 versus 550E. Yeah. I'm sorry, 650 and 650E. The 650 could have been the DR4 board. And I don't think the loss of PCI uh, E Gen 5 is a big deal. Uh, Um, For what? Graphics cards. Not for cheap use. Yeah, I mean, in, in graphics cards, you're still, even with a 4090, going from a Gen 4 to a Gen 3, you're seeing... Uh, generally less than a 2% loss, uh, usually mm-hmm. about one to two frames per second um, in games that are running at well over 100 frames per second. Uh, so, yeah, it's going to be a long time before we see where there's a, 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 a bottleneck in, to, for graphics cards to need Gen 5. Um, mm-hmm. And SSDs... Uh, I don't know. I mean, I've barely noticed any difference between a high-end uh, Gen 4 and a high-end Gen 3 SSD. Um, yeah. 
in in normal well, use. The games aren't programmed for it at this point. They, they never conceived of you know a storage bandwidth of this extreme level. And so I don't think they've really, they're putting in delays and calls and stuff that are expecting a bit of a, you know, a bit of time before your storage media can get to it. And meanwhile, that PCIe 4.0 was just going, yeah, no, come on, come on, feed me more, feed me more. I, I, I can do that. Hey, you want me to take over some video memory? I'm sitting here doing nothing at this point. So gonna... let me get this straight. You don't have a workload. <laughs> <laughs> That will actually push PCI 4.0. But it gave me Not a hard gaming. time when I said gigabit is all you really need, right? Well, no, that's, gigabit that's is significantly lower bandwidth than any, even Gen 2's had a storage. <laughs> well, so. yeah, but... Look, from the PCIe 5.0, 4.0, 3.0 conundrum, there's a certain aspect here, and I'm going to echo something that Sebastian said a few minutes ago. There's a social pecking order to these sort of things, and if you're not making the same decision as me, clearly, in some way, you're going to be inferior. Oh, I'm sorry hmm. that you couldn't afford PCIe 5. Your decision is inferior. Well, right. It was, a, it's, it was a little pissing contest, because you know one comes out with something that has four, Exactly. Intel was left behind with three. Then they caught up with four. AMD was originally going to release, according to you know the leaks and stuff, yeah. if you can believe that, they were originally releasing their next-gen platform with four. Intel count, comes out with five. And AMD goes back to the drawing board. And then we come out with their high-end solution being like these two chipsets working in tandem. And then they have PCI Express 5 and all these lanes. And they made it happen. They did it. And the boards were really expensive because guess what? Configuring the board to support the signaling of Gen 5 speeds is more expensive than Gen 4. And Gen 4 was significantly more expensive than Gen 3 was. So all Gen 5 did was drive up motherboard prices and nobody... I challenge anybody listening to this or watching this, please comment and tell me the model number of the Gen 5 device that you use with your PC every day. Does anybody have a Gen 5 SSD that they're using? Is, is there even available for sale? Yes. We've seen pictures. There's like these tiny little 30 millimeter fans on them. Yes, there are. Yeah. Uh, I believe there's two of them for sale now. Okay. Yeah. They're stupid but expensive. They've got active cooling and yeah. Because we know that zero, zero GPUs are Gen 5. They'll be Gen 4 for probably another generation. Because there's no yeah, need right. to go to Gen 5. There's well, plenty of there, bandwidth. There may be some situations that you need an interconnect that is of that speed and maybe storage, but maybe between platforms or between certain devices that people are uh, gluing together in uh, maybe the commercial realm or very, very high speed um, data center type uh, needs of that nature. But at home, I really challenge your workload here on this, I'm, especially in the mm. GPU space. We're just not there yet. Let's pause here for a word from a podcast sponsor. Are you a person with a knack, a condition characterized by an extreme intuition about how things work, especially now in the computer systems and software space? Well, people like us can often find it difficult to settle into just the right role for our careers. Well, Bloomberg is out there building a world-class information network for financial professionals, and they're looking for engineers to join them. Personally, I know that I've always wanted to work on challenging projects that had real impact on actual shipping products and services, and sometimes that has just not worked out. 
While I've not yet worked for Bloomberg, they're forward-looking and are building tools their clients will come to rely on for systems that matter in solving real-world complex problems across global capital markets. They're working in real-time market and enterprise data with sophisticated analytics that are touched by over 350,000 professionals. Bloomberg systems operate at tremendous scale with over 300 billion, yes, B is in billion, market data messages daily. And you can get involved. You're not going to get locked into a proprietary shop either, as Bloomberg's engineers are active members of the open source community in both leveraging and making commits back to those projects. Learn more about the opportunities that await you by visiting Bloomberg.com careers. That's Bloomberg.com careers. We're back you and we're going to talk about something that was, I thought this was an April Fool's joke, although it didn't really feel like one. Uh, on April 1st, the Asus ROG official Twitter account had this thing they were demonstrating. There was a little video clip called the ROG Ally. Hashtag play all your games. And it looks like a Steam Deck competitor. Well, here they have updated this. Not an April Fool's joke. This is from April 3. Well, because if you put that on an April Fool's Day, everyone assumes that, oh, yeah, it's totally not a joke. Yeah, like... Well, you uh, know what this is based on. What other CPU do you know of that has pretty good graphics capabilities? AMD. AMD. It's like that device we talked about a few weeks ago on the gaming quick hits. I don't remember the name of it, but handheld unit like this, AMD Ryzen APU. Anyhow, this uh, apparently is a real thing. Anon Tech has an article about it. Anton over there has uh, some thoughts about this. People thought it was an April Fool's joke, but it's not a joke. It's a teaser of something that Asus is working on, courtesy of Dave2D got an early look at the console uh i mean it's a it's actually a full 1080p which is yeah. interesting at this aspect and size it's six instead of 1610 1280 by 800 like the steam deck it's 16 9 1920 by 1080 it's 120 hertz instead of 60 yeah i mean it probably works great when plugged in with a USB C cable but i cannot imagine that increasing the resolution and refresh rate and making the screen brighter is going to help battery life in any way. Uh, you have a good point. I see a future of Doc for this. You know, yeah. He's you just forgot kind of the other major that. major battery draw here. Uh, YouTube chat says that it runs Windows 11. That is a unfortunately mm-hmm. a major battery. That that's the April Fool's part. Uh, <laughs> like, hey, instead of uh, you know running Linux and having us you know have optimized games running on it then no and a very a much lighter os so far fewer wasted cycles doing i don't know what the hell windows is doing half the time doing whatever I, neither does it i would not yeah. be surprised if in the next year or two we see more and more companies like there'll be an alienware handheld and there'll be an hp omen handheld maybe even Kel will put out a Why? falcon northwest handheld you never you never know okay that one would be very nice you should well, it would that. be super nice yeah it would yeah. be like the best hardware. Ex- all extruded, extruded aluminum. Oh, hey, you know what? Speaking of Falcon Northwest, what a transition. Whoever would have thought. So Falcon Northwest has brought back their desktop replacement. This is the DRX, the latest DRX, which they say is zero compromise desktop replacement. So you've got yourself an RTX 4090 or 4080 mobile, 24 core... 32-thread core i9 processor, 64 gigs of DDR5, Gen 4 storage, 7.7 pounds. And I like how honest they are about battery Blowers in the back because it needs it. <laughs> battery. That's a lot of nuts. Battery. One hour gaming runtime. 
That's that's, yeah, that's honest. Fair. Yeah, it's it's a chunky laptop. It's got a big enough battery to give you an hour. Otherwise, you need to plug this thing in. It's a desktop replacement. I mean, think about the old days when a portable machine was just that. You would find an outlet, plug it in. Oh, no, that's bold. 7.7 pounds of solid muscle. Like, they're just straight up saying, yeah, your arm's going to be tired. It's got a 144 hertz, 4K, 17-inch display, NVIDIA G-Sync, 100% dot 3 3M.2s. I like that. Yeah, it's big. Well, I bet you one of them's on it's that uh, Wi-Fi. Yeah. Expansive I.O. I, you know what? I like a laptop that actually has ports. Apple. Apple fans. You you stop with that. I, I'm not Although sure. Although I'm not seeing an SDHC <laughs> slash uh, XC slot on it. No, but there's a USB port that you can just put the adapter in. Yeah, that's true. And Plus still have know, one for your mouse and keyboard. Fully customizable how, design. How come, how come I can't say that with an Apple device? All right, go ahead. Well, Apple offers multiple colors. They have uh, space gray. They have a, the standard extruded aluminum or whatever is it, anodized aluminum look mm-hmm. that everybody yes. copies. Yes. And, and I mean, more. USB, it just leads to waste. AMD wants to make it easier for you. I know they've had some confusion about branding with their mobile parts in the 7000 series which are not all zen 4 a lot of them are zen 3 and there's i think even some zen 2 stuff but if you want a laptop with zen 4 it's easy just look for an orange sticker yes they have fixed everything because ryzen 7000 series processors that have a zen 4 cpu core look for the orange stickers for the newest fastest amd processor technology 7040 and 7045 series with the orange sticker. Now, there is orange on the other sticker, but it is predominantly kind of a uh, a slate gray. Forget about that. This one has a gray border, but the inside of the logo is all orange. And there's white lettering. It's not confusing at all. So look for the orange with the gray and not the gray with the orange. Right, yeah. Perfect. If you Perfectly see orange, clear. you're like, oh, it's orange. Like, no, no, no. That's just their design language for Ryzen, where it's like this this uh, ring of fire that goes from orange to red. And then in the corner, it says five, seven, or nine, also in orange. But if the entire label is mostly orange, I guess just look for the one without the ring. It might be easier. Unless you have the Johnny Cash burger, then you'll experience the ring of fire. The alternative to just looking for the orange label is this. And if you're listening, it's one of those ridiculously convoluted things where every number has a meaning and it doesn't necessarily correspond to what you think it does. Oh, three and four mean three. Well, five remember, and six mean five. Remember feature isolation? Okay, the fourth digit from the left is feature isolation if needed. A zero or a five will appear in this column. Oh, you lost Could me. Could you not do binary zero one? No, I don't understand. Understand the market segmentation here. Market segment is the second digit from the left. And if it is a, for example, if it's a three, that means it's a Ryzen three. But if it's a four, that also means it means it's a Ryzen, it's a Ryzen three. three. Yes. Sure. But if it's a okay. five, it means it's a Ryzen five. That makes sense. Okay. Six also means Ryzen five. It's, oh, okay. okay. Well, then they have one, I'm there seeing was one, a pattern. 
The eight could oh, be wait. a seven or a nine. They don't know. Sure. But the nine is always a nine. But it's but the eight is not an eight, definitely. It's no, there's no eight. There's no rising eight. Get out of here with no that eight. rising eight. But is this still correct <laughs> on the third Tuesday of the second month of the year? It depends on you, barometric uh, pressure. Is it a leap year or not, Josh? Yeah. I sense that you're lying right now. That's what I sense. It's all lies. I don't understand why they can't just do like five for Ryzen five. Like it's the seventy five fifty, so it's like a mid tier Ryzen five in the seven thousand series. That makes sense because they know that Intel has fifty four different SKUs and they've got to differentiate them somehow. Yeah, I think because they want to match jealousy. It's jealousy. It is. They they want fifty five SKUs. (laughs) They have digit envy. Real quick, uh, there's a PR announcement from AMD that came down yesterday. They have named a new senior vice president and general manager of computing and graphics. Rick Bergman, who's the current one, is uh, retiring. Who is in no relation whatsoever to Star Trek. Not Rick Berman of Paramount. Oh. Rick Bergman of AMD is retiring. And Jack, and I. this I believe is a Vietnamese. I'm pretty sure it's Huyn. Huyn? Huyn? Pretty sure it'll be Huyn. H-U-Y-N-H is going to be the new SVP and general manager of computing and graphics. So... I don't know if that'll affect anything, but uh, I guess it's worth noting. There's been a leadership Absolutely. change. Not as big as maybe Raja leaving Intel, but, you know, AMD had to copy that too. Had to have a <laughs> change. Next up, here's a story from Bleeping Computer, and we're not even in Security Corner, or are we? Is this Security we Corner? Are. This is Security is. Corner. IRS authorized Uh, efile.com tax return software caught serving JavaScript malware. Fantastic. It's just for like two weeks season. As they point out, and as Jeremy just mentioned, for a couple of weeks, efile.com was serving the uh, breakfast of champions from a malware perspective. And that would be a JavaScript file that prompted you to do something stupid. And that prompt was, oh my gosh, there's an SSL error on this site. Please click here to resolve. And that was an invitation to get your system freaking hijacked with a customized payload that varied depending on whether you're running Firefox or Chrome or or what have you. It's nice that the um, the spammers uh, and the hackers have uh, gotten to the sophistication point that they'll deliver a customized payload based on your browser, which is nice. So after they delivered that, uh, they basically uh, are installing a backdoor uh, on your uh, box for later exploitation, which is really great. The weird thing about this is the security researchers on this made fun of the fact that it was a PHP payload that to a Windows botnet. Are, are, have we sunk to a certain level that our, our security research, researchers are encouraging the hackers to uh, up their game from a uh, coding perspective, I'm just not sure that that's uh, where we want to go. Is to is to have the um, the malware researchers saying, "Oh, this is terrible! I can't believe you guys coded this. This sucks. You know, you really you really need to be bringing it here." I, I just don't. But know as a professional, you, you know, you, you kind of you kind of have that personal pride of like, seriously, guys, this is what I've spent all my time on. It, it's you know, still least... an effective working back. Door. Oh, it is. <laughs> but every Sherlock wants their Moriarty. I mean, the rest of us don't, but they so, do. So what you're saying is the security researchers really want to meet their match. And this payload really wasn't up to their expectations. They're like, oh, I can't believe that they went to something so yeah. common. It's like, and 
cheap there's seats nothing of, of worse exploitations. There's nothing worse anyway. than a board security researcher because to entertain themselves, they might uh, flip their bit over to the other side. And anyway, it's just a wonder of, of uh, computing nature that it was efile.com at the time of tax filing season. And I can't imagine the number of people that fell for this. It's, it, it must be astronomically stupidly huge. Please install this security certificate from random.org. And okay. I gotta file my I'm taxes, sure. so I guess I'll have to say yes. I guess I have to yeah. say yes, yeah. Yeah, up here in Canada, we're low tech. It's just a bunch of people texting and phoning people. Yeah, this is CRA, and you owe us a whole bunch of money. Please get a whole bunch of uh, iTunes cards together, Amazon <laughs> gift cards yes. together. Hey, and exactly. sadly, they still fall for it. They do. You know, and, and I, I feel like I want to bring the stories out here that continue to kind of move the security target around. I had another one that was for HP printers, just to show that just nothing is immune to getting freaking wedged and you know, exploiting. Uh, can, it, from can the story with printers like get any worse, worse than they have in the last few years? Like DRM cartridges, region-locked cartridges. Uh, Do you have HP any idea how to a, deploy printers over Intune securely? Because I sure as hell don't. Well, HP had a firmware to. that was exploitable for some period of time. They insist it was only a short period of time. You know, it doesn't matter. Anyway, just yeah. more stupidity. That was Security Corner. Only one story this week, so we can move on to... Let's go to gaming. It's much better. Story of videocards.com. Now, NVIDIA has published a video, a technology comparison between full raster mode without ray tracing and, of course, ray tracing DLSS 3 with the new Cyberpunk Overdrive mode. Now, they're showing that with a 4090 at 4K, huh, huh. DLSS off, but ray tracing on. Frame rates as low as 16 FPS. We're talking with an RTX 4090. Now, I know it's at 4K. Yep. I know it's Wait, ray it tracing. it says 4090 Ti. Is there a 4090 well, Ti? No, they're saying where, where is the 4090 where is, Ti? No, where is the 4090 Ti? Now, with the 4090 Ti, that could be as high as 18, maybe even 19 frames per second. Mm. So yeah, that's something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, but yeah. with the magic of DLSS 3, where you know, you're, I think you're only rendering one out of every 12 pixels that you're seeing on your screen, it's, uh, it's pretty remarkable because you go up to 127 frames per second. Yeah, interpolation is magic. Your people. Car changes that's, color. That's the what scenes it is. are different. I wish it was the same In, scene because one of them it's like a shadowy road, and the other one it's a, like a main street and it's bright sunlight. But. Yeah, it's almost mm. like they're uh, best case scenario. Trying to do something here. Um, there we go. Here's the same scene: thirty-four video. frames per second versus one hundred and thirty-eight frames per second. DLSS off versus on. Some of the scenes, the, the difference was actually pretty remarkable for a game that already looks pretty damn yeah. amazing. But it's, I, it's almost impossible to give you the impression of what ray tracing looks at in a still. Yeah, you need to yeah. see a video. <clears throat> Next in Gaming Quick Hits, Everspace 2. Woohoo! Launches when is it tomorrow. Coming? Oh, wait, it's already out. It was released January 18, 2021. Why are we talking oh, about it it's, now? It goes from early access to actually launching tomorrow. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. For $50. And so I grabbed the demo, and I mean, hey, it's, it is, as someone described, Diablo in space. You're collecting <laughs> new weapons, new ships, new everything. It's not a flight sim. 
Uh, it's perfectly happy with mouse and keyboard if you want, but you can also jump into the cockpit and pull out the HOTAS and it works just fine. Although they need to work on their uh, mapping a bit because my X-52 did not agree with any of the stuff that they had for the pre-mapped stuff. So yeah, it's out tomorrow. Uh, it's silly. It's relaxing if you like to fly around space and shoot a bunch of things and collect things. Um, I've gone from... I have a vague memory of them talking about this to, oh, hey, I'm looking forward to a launch tomorrow. And hey, demo. Give it a shot. If you hate it, you hate nice. it. If you don't, because demos are great. That's why every game should have a demo. Although they probably don't want that because you might not like the game and then you won't buy it. Jeremy, are you ready? Nope. Make sure you stretch. Uh, get a drink of water. Because it's time for a Jeremy SSD review. Jeremy Malventano. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's definitely not a Malventano review. <laughs> no? Is it because of the white balance? Is it because, wait, is this like, am I looking at Romex? Is this old work? Oh, yes. No, we had uh, some interesting plumbing issues, and I just had a shot to sort of. Uh, Highlight the box. The photo inside of a wall with twelve two Romex behind you. Yeah, it's not only inside a wall. That's just where the wall used to be. I see. So we're looking at the stuff. Does it not bring out the picture very nicely? This is definitely Canadian. Did you glue it? Did you put use a piece of gum? I did not. There wasn't even any duct tape involved. How did you? How did you do it? Just wedged in there. Uh, Artistic endeavoring. Okay, I won't. I won't even. No, it's just sort of propped between a nail and a. And the top of the uh, two by four there. He says, he was, it's here's like what really happened. Jeremy was sitting on the toilet and he was holding the SSD. And he's like, you know what? I could just take a picture with my phone right now. I'll just. Oh, no. My toilet up. looks worse than that. Oh, okay. You really don't want to see that. <laughs> oh, all right. Yeah, no That's toilet behind picks. the uh, washing machine. Yeah. Oh, wait. It says right here definitely not a Malventano review. We just <laughs> lack the drive. Oh yeah, yeah. I think oh, you lack. Stop. I lack well done. a lot more than just the drives to do a Malvintano review. You know, go, going. Back oh yeah, I also lack the drive. Did Did you see the picture of the uh, Geek Squad who mounted the guy's TV through the descending sewer pipe? No. Yes. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, oh God! Yes, I did. Oh. So. <laughs> that looks like a stud. <laughs> well, it sort of does, but not really. Oh, why does it smell so bad in the living room? Oh my god, I just looked it up right now. <laughs> Was it the stink oh, yeah. pipe? No, it's truly pipe? horrific. You can see the drywall still between the mount and the backing. You know, I'm wondering if they used Oh, they did it blind. Pipe. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So oh, you they, think? they then cut away. He then cut the drywall away to see exactly what had happened. Why, why, why something was leaking back there. Yeah. 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 And I'll give him props for the drywall cut. That is our nice, dry, uh, clean drywall cut. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. there's a little bit yeah. of wobble on that side. But yeah, it's just seriously. It's easy enough to fix. I mean, it's PVC. Yeah. There's some new stuff in there. Yeah, just cut it off and bond it. You know, but make them pay for the plumber to come in and do that of course all right i don't know um, if i'd want that plumber back in my house 
No, Geek Squad not, not did it. I got the Geek, Geek Squad, Squad back in my yeah, house. No, I, well, no. I don't want them in my house to begin with. But I'm sure dealing with Best Buy corporate on an issue like that is a joy. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Did you buy uh, the what? extended warranty? Um, I, I don't understand. Did he not mount the TV for you? And somebody in a call center <laughs> in who knows what country. <laughs> no, does it work or not? Yeah, was it solid? <laughs> no. Yeah, did it? Was the TV well, mounted? What solids? No, out? it's pretty liquid. <laughs> All right, let's get back on topic. Uh, Jeremy. Jeremy. Yes, this is the most wonderful introduction for SK Hynix ever. So It was offered that uh, the brand new SK Hynix Platinum P41, uh, the newer generation of the, the four NVMe PCIe 4.0 drives, was uh, offered to me for review. And I've been doing uh, Rocket, which is one of the first ones to come out. And it's been thoroughly and completely abused. So my thought was not so much to emulate Al and designing custom workloads and having a pristine system and showing you exactly what this drive is capable of in the perfect conditions. I was thinking more that no, really what's the difference between a really beat up PCIe 4.0 original generation drive, the Sabrent Rocket versus a brand new one? Because the, the stats are definitely different. Uh, the, the, the P41 is offering up to, uh, sorry, I'm just falling behind myself here. Uh, oh, did I not even write it down? Am I not a silly person here? 7,000 megabytes a second for reads uh, or writes and or reads and just under five for writes. The old one, you know, it was sort of rated for about 6,500 tops and the rights floating around 5,000. So when you're looking at a drive, you could copy hundreds of small files back and forth. You could reinstall your Steam library from scratch. You could, you know, try and process this video. That Sebastian has to do all the time. Did you clean That's install Windows before running these tests, Jeremy, or were you? Uh, well, <laughs> this is the thing: is that this is the point: is there are values in seeing, and I did do the the test on this with a clean install because I was going to oh. clone over the old one, but my Windows install had definitely gained some personality mm. and was just yes. definitely not stable. So, what in order to test, what I did was just benchmark the old windows install on the Sabrin and do everything testing then because you can't really do, well, I'm not going to do a fresh install on it. I disabled every service that I could possibly could in windows. And you know, there's a few that keep popping back up and coming back down and popping back yeah. up, but Hey, so I get a rough idea of a base and then with Sabrin or sorry, with the SK Hynix, uh, P41 platinum P41, I went for the fresh install did a couple of benchmarks and then I just dumped everything back on it. And so I did all my benchmarks with steam running with Epic running hmm. with discord running, Slack running everything in the background, because that's how you use your computer, right? You don't buy a brand new SSD and say, I'm never going to use this except in the most pristine of conditions. You're just going to abuse it. Like we all do. Uh, 
one of the biggest things was that uh, the difference between a one terabyte drive that you don't take care of your game collection on versus a two terabyte drive, it's it's big. The, the extra empty NAND has a huge impact on performance. The new generation of PCIe 4.0 controllers also does have a difference because when you looked at some of my benchmarks uh, on the Sabrent, the difference was huge. Windows background tasks, whatever they're doing, really, really have an impact on what you're trying to do. And because just because it can, Windows will re-index your drive. It will start firing up this other process. It will decide to virus scan in the middle of no reason at all. With the, the P41, it really didn't have an impact. And, you know, boot times, yeah, it's hard to benchmark because, you know, you're, you're sitting there with a stopwatch trying to do it. Yeah. So I'm trying to come in f- up with, you know, what is a thing? Well, I could benchmark uh, the load time of games, except one small problem. All you do is have to sit there and hit on shift and escape and enter to try and get through all of their movies and their... But if from within the game, if you're just doing save games, hmm. well, now there's an interesting thing. And so that's sort of what I did for the most of it. It was like, and Terra Invecta, uh, which is a pre-release game, but the load times on it kill you. It's it's almost a minute. It's over a minute and a half. It's, it's approaching two minutes. And so I was really hoping that I'd see a huge difference on it. I did a little bit. But as I mentioned earlier in the podcast, it seems that a lot of game developers aren't quite aware of the extra bandwidth and the fact that they don't have to put certain timeouts that uh, I think are in the games because they're, they're waiting for other things to catch up. Historically, they needed to be. With this sort of speed, they don't. Uh, the only other major one I saw was Humankind, which shaved off you know a good uh, 20-25% going from 20 seconds to 13.8. Uh, Scorn, didn't care. Uh, 29.2 versus 29.8 is margin of error. So the thing is, if you can find it at a decent price, the brand new generation of PCI 4.0 will give you a slight benefit. It's not going to give you a huge benefit, Arguably, it's not going to give you a three cent per gig benefit. But the thing is that the prices have come down so much that you're honestly going to find price parity at uh, PCIe 4.0 and 3.0. It's it's going to make a bit of a difference. It's not going to be life-changing. It's not going to be like going from your old SATA SSD to an NVMe drive. But it is going to make a slight difference. And... It's much low, lower power. There is no bloody active cooling on it because I don't see the jump from PCIe 4.0 to 5.0 drives actually being worth it. Because if this is the amount of difference that I'm seeing from a 3.0 to a 4, or sorry, an early generation 4.0 to a later generation 4.0, the 5.0s are not going to offer anything much more than that tiny little percentage gain. Well, they'll offer a lot more noise. And they're going to be loud... And heat, and, too. They'll warm your yeah. room up a little bit more. Yeah, so I don't know. It's I can see if you're shopping around right now, 
and it's only like a one cent a gigabyte difference, go for the newer generation. Button P41 or one of the newer controllers is worth it at price parity. But if you're looking at spending an extra, you know, 30%, yeah, it's it's kind of hard to argue. And uh, things that I did was make sure that all this is in the U.S. prices. Well, speaking because of U.S. Canada, prices, by the way, look at Amazon in the U.S. for that two terabyte Platinum P41. Beautiful. One fifty six ninety nine. Hmm. Yeah, it was two forty three. Yeah, that's, that's the, the list price. No. It says was two forty two fifty three ninety four. Now one fifty six ninety nine. Yeah, seriously. At that price, you know, you're, uh, Josh, help me on the math here. Uh, you are at, uh, 75, 7.5 cents per. Yeah. 75 cents. Or, yeah. 7.5 cents a gigabyte. It, it, yeah. It's better than Ryan's yeah. law. Buy that. Buy know. that immediately. Fact, if buy you two. that. I, I must point out that the previous generation P31 two terabyte is $121 right now. Yeah, but you don't. Uh, you, won't. you won't notice much of a difference. Well, uh, I will, yeah, okay. but you will notice 40 bucks worth. The Platinum P41, because I've done some testing with it too, in comparison to other SSDs, it does quite well in certain, like beyond just the the through, throughput. Like obviously a Gen 4 and it's a faster controller, but it, it does hold up quite well in different, more like real world scenarios, the kind yes. of stuff where like Jeremy's chart is showing you, actually you can see a measurable difference in game loading times at times, things like that. It is a snappy yeah. drive. Hmm. And that's why the, the Solidime stuff is so impressive because it's the same thing. The Solidime um, P44 Pro. Yes. It's the same hardware platform. It's just different firmware and they have their own driver. Yeah. But this platform is excellent. This Hynix platform is fantastic. Well, I mean, one of the benefits that SK Hynix has is they design the whole damn thing. Yeah. Sure. The, the DDR is theirs. The the NAND is theirs. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they did the board as well. Five-year warranty. Nice. Free migration software. And yeah, I mean, literally when it's selling for almost half the price is what I reviewed it as, it's seriously a good deal don't buy blow the extra 20 bucks if you can but as we're going to say in canada and hopefully that's changed as well it was 514 dollars uh-huh ah we're down to 341 oh good still mm. still a tough sell but and you can get that uh crucial p3 plus four terabyte that it often goes on sale for around 220 yeah and that's dramless, but gaming drive is going to be mm-hmm. pretty pretty reasonable. Yeah, I mean the six. The only other one I had to test was the six six CP, and even that's got a cache on it. So it wasn't designed to write, but uh, if it's not a system drive, it's actually pretty happy. It is now time for our featured review of the week. It is. The Fantex Evolve Shift XT, is that right? That's correct. Yeah, like uh, most of the Evolve line, or all of the Evolve line, this is uh, an aluminum uh, outer shell chassis. Um, 
It is ventilated. This is a small form factor. Uh, it's built for SFF power supplies or SFX power supplies and ITX motherboards. Um, an interesting thing about this chassis is it's expandable. You can configure it in, in multiple ways. You can have the sort of the top clamshell piece uh, mounted all the way down, have no fans in the system, and just be using the, the fans of the graphics card and the CPU. You can raise it up to the middle setting, uh, use two 25 or 30 millimeter fans in it at that point. Um, it's really best to set them up as exhaust. And uh, that's actually my favorite configuration on this case. Um, it does a great job just with two fans at the top, exhausting the hot air created by the uh, CPU and the GPU. Um, it has uh, mesh panels that will fit down in, like you see there. Um, those are removable. For most people, I think I would probably leave them in just for the dust filtering aspect of them. Uh, they, uh, they're, they're pretty fine. Um, they don't hurt the temperatures too much on the GPU. There is a little bit of a measurable difference on the CPU temps though. I did find, um, but yeah, it, it's a really well-built case. Again, it's, it's all extruded aluminum on the outer shell. Um, and just a, another quality piece from Fantex really. Um, in the Evolve line, uh, the front panels are, the top one is a magnetic. You just pull it off, and then you can uh, release the top with two clips and um, adjust the top however you want. Um, it's also how you access the inside. Uh, building in, it's a breeze because you basically remove the entire outer shell, um, and your fan mounts, everything, to get to... Uh, a completely open chassis inside. Um, it's one of the easiest uh, ITX cases I've built in because it does just open up completely. Um, hey, I'm glad you really got a manicure before you you took pictures. That was that was really <laughs> really keen. Look at that. Okay, maybe you should get your money back. <laughs> <laughs> Not a manicure. That's uh, uh, scissors and teeth. You just naturally look that way. Yeah. <laughs> no, um, it, it's a it's a sandwich style layout, which means the motherboard uh, and the graphics card are on facing opposite sides. Yeah. of the, the PC. that's like the uh, um, the Dan cases, right? It is like the Dan cases, really but the Dan cases you can't do this. Like in this picture, you can see what what. Uh, Kent is talking about. You can literally take the whole chassis, like the frame, out of the, the extruded frame. aluminum shell, <laughs> and then yes. do your build on that. This piece now, which looks a lot like the inside of the uh, A4 SFX, mm -hmm. but yeah. And actually, the the only complaint I have about this this chassis is that. Fantex actually could have made this smaller um, by having panels that fit more tightly against that inner shell. Um, you know, a lot of the SFF community sort of thought this case was too big, but it's really, it's all the outer shell that's the cause of it, its size. Um, you know, there's, there's 
probably a half inch front and rear each um, and another half inch on the sides that could have been eliminated. Um, and the small form factor community, they're all about those, those leaders. And, yes. you know, if they, if they just made the outer shell smaller, it would have gotten down to those tiny little capacities that they like to see. Um, Was it necessary, do you think, to make it uh, expandable like it is? Like the actual structure <sighs> being... I I don't think it was. Like I say, I think that this case is probably best in most situations. Um, the way I think most people are going to use it is going to be with two fans at the top as exhaust in the medium configuration. Um, in the smaller configuration, uh, if you're running a pretty low-powered system, you can get away with it. I mean... My temperatures were not outlandish, even with a 12600K, which, granted, it's not the most powerful CPU, but it does produce some heat, and a 3080-12 gig in the other side. Um, and the temperatures were reasonable, even with no fans. Um, you, there was still a lot of hot air just coming out of the system. Um, with the f two uh, Fantex T30 fans that I used as exhaust, um, it did a fantastic job. It just basically just pulled the heat out. It was pulling cool air in from the side. You could actually feel air moving into the case from the sides. Um, and those fans were, I think, only running 800 RPM, if I recall. That's these um, fans right here? That's those fans right there. Okay. Um, and those will spin up to 3,000, but I, I actually found them at 800 RPM to be a completely tolerable noise level. Um, when the, and when you're gaming, the power supply in an SFX system is actually going to um, be probably the loudest component. Um, but, yeah, the... The, that configuration did excellent in the temperature testing for both the CPU and the GPU. Um, a lot of people that have bought this case uh, are using it with a 240 AIO in the top. And I don't think that that's actually the best use of this case. Um, I feel like if, if you're putting a radiator in the top, one, you're making the case another stage larger. You're taking it to its largest configuration. Um, but if you're using an AI on the CPU, you're going to benefit to the temps of the CPU, but you're actually going to hurt the air flow out of the case from the graphics card. So you're going to trap more of the hot air in on that side. Um, granted, on, and alternatively, if you were using a, a hybrid-cooled graphics card, you're going to prevent the heat from the, the CPU um, from escaping very well. Um, I think if you're going to do an AI, that's probably your best bet, though, because the CPU is not going to be pulling as much power in a gaming chassis as the GPU is. Um, then, of course, there's maniacs who decide to do a full closed loop system in it with a 240 radiator on both and the temperatures are reasonable but honestly um i built that sort of as a challenge to myself um i actually think the performance 
um, would be just as good in the medium configuration um, with a, a, the air cool the air cooler I used and the graphics card with a with a, its stock heat sink on it. Um, By the way, speaking of graphics cards, before we go into the thermal results, let's talk about graphics card power connector clearance. So you have some pictures in here, and it it yes. looks like conventional graphics cards with the eight pins. Even those, I mean, is, what is this bar here? Well, is that if it was in its okay, lowest so configuration? That, is a, that, that card is a, a, was used for just testing and showing. That's a 3070 Ti for the Win 3, um, which is a wider card than standard width. Um, and when you do that, it does extend into the... Uh, the upper part of the chassis. And if you've got fans up there, you're going to have a problem. Um, if you're using the, the lowest configuration, you're going to have to smush them down and you might run into issues with that. Um, the two uh, 180 adapters fit just fine though, uh, in that configuration gave plenty of clearance. If you're using uh, how, a standard how about, uh, PWR uh, 12V. So, uh, <laughs> There's, now remember, there's, be you, very careful you, about this. You, you can't even fit the stinking video card. You don't want to be that. liable for somebody, you know, trying to put it in, and they don't have. They're a millimeter away from the correct arc to keep it from pulling itself out. So when it wasn't clipped in be, properly. So I have two cards here with the twelve or the the sixteen pin connector. Now um, I did not have when I took the, those photos. Okay, um, but in just sort of gauging things since I took since I built that system. The biggest problem you're going to see if you try to put um, a 4080 or a 4090 uh, that are because they're all wider than a standard width card. The 3080 12 gig, the PNY that you see in the photos of the system, is a standard width card, and there's no clearance problem. Um, the 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 4080s and 49ers are, uh, 4090s are, are the same width as that 3070 Ti. But there's two issues. The PCB is much shorter. And where the plug sits is outside of the gap that they've allotted for the power cords to flow through. Does uh, that make sense? Yeah. Um, it um, Because the PCBs on the new cards are so short. Um so you would have to be really creative. The plugs are very long. Um, I have gotten a hold of uh, two of the new Cable Mod 180 adapters for the 16-pin. Um, by the way, those are very good quality, and they do free up a lot of room. But I, they would not work in this case unless you had a card that had a longer than normal PCB. Um, because of where the, the plug is um, in relation to the, the gap for the pass-through of the cables. Well, in fairness to Fantex, this case was designed and announced and released before the RTX 40 series cards launched with the 12-volt high power. Yes, yes. So, unfortunately, if you want to go down that road, you want to buy that big Founders Edition 40 series might not be the case. But you could use one of the uh, 7000 XTX cards or XT cards and you shouldn't have 
any problem, really. And, you know, looking at your build, I can tell from the color scheme that obviously this is an AMD uh, radio build, right? <clears throat> <laughs> uh no there's no there's no amd in there um he, he, he a, doesn't buy <laughs> amd gpus that would just sully his collection behind his head <laughs> now can you change you can obviously change the uh color at any time right is that clear uh, or did you actually it. use red coolant i used red coolant oh wow okay you're really um, locked in yes um and i actually to be honest after i took the photos of complete system i discovered i actually liked the way the system looks without the leds on inside the the build area and just with the red coolant um but yeah it's a it, as, as far as the build quality goes uh, it's like other uh, all the other fantex evolve cases i've seen it's it's absolutely a, a rock solid case um they probably could have added maybe another row of the perforations or the airflow holes in the, the bottom clamshell and top clamshell, uh, especially on the top. And I don't know if on the top they did it, they didn't add more because of that, that bend in it, if they thought it might weaken it too much. Um, but as it is, it still gets good ventilation. Um, speaking of bends, these, uh, CPU card line bends are on point. Look at that. It goes parallel with the uh, the case perfectly and then bends down nicely. Matching the bend on the return here at the CPU block. Very nicely done. He's he's Thank an you. artiste, which is, you know, you know what French for artist is. This is the uh, infinity mirror on the front here. Is that what this uh, effect yes. is? <laughs> yes. This, this and, uh, is a nice actually, all the... All the LEDs uh, inside that are controlled by the Fantex controller. Um, I didn't connect any of them to the motherboard. Um, so they change uh, based on the functions in, in the, the case itself. I, and one of the reasons why I waited so long on that review is uh, I got my hands on the case uh, probably the middle of last year, uh, but I had heard Fantex was working on a display that replaces the front infinity mirror. So you can put, you know, uh, monitoring uh, graphs or whatever else you want on it. It will just function as a, a second screen. And I really wanted to add that on there. And I waited and I waited and I waited. And uh, it still isn't out today. Um, although they said it's coming soon last uh, in January at CES. So, um, so anyway, I, I went ahead and finished it and uh, wrote the review up at that point. And um, I'm glad I did. It's it's a nice case. I enjoyed working in it. Um, SFF systems are, are, are it's a two-way thing. You've got, you know, the benefit of having these nice small cases that you can put wherever you want. But it's actually sort of a fun challenge to build into. Even if you're just building a normal system, it's really fun to build in, in a, a small form factor case because it sort of challenges you to look at things like cable management in, in, a, in a completely new light. So, yeah, I enjoyed it. I like the case. Um, the temperatures were completely well managed, uh, even with no fans. 
Let's see. This this is your uh, simulated gaming performance. You did a gaming workload. Was it something like a half hour? Yeah, thirty minutes. Marvel's yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy, ten eighty Ultra, ray trace lighting reflections on DLSS quality, and the temperatures are fine. Like the yeah, we're talking about absolutely forties to around 64 for the CPU temp and then GPU temps under now, 60 for the most part. Right. Now, now those are above ambient. Um, oh, I see. Ambient yeah. was, yeah. Uh, the ambient was uh, 23.5 in all the tests. Um, and so, you you know, you with no, uh, no additional fans, you do get up there on both the CPU and GPU, but it's still not to the point of terrible throttling which um, obviously you did experience with that small that really thin fractal ridge in the horizontal position because it doesn't get in the horizontal airflow. position there were there, there were some uh there were some problems with that in the horizontal position but i really uh i still like that case in the vertical configuration but that is isn't that another example though of that that fine line with small form factor when you get it really small really compact then there are occasionally compromises as far as not just cable management or component clearance, but thermals as well, unless it's just like mesh on both sides, you have adequate clearance yeah. under it. Cause that thing, you had to add your own feet to the, the ridge. If even you have wanted it to work yeah. in a horizontal position. Yes. So the, um, the one thing, and I actually just discovered this, um, that I was not aware of when I did the test on that fractal case, the PCI uh, expansion card that allows you to plug the graphics card into the other side on that case is only 3.0. And I was not aware of that when I oh. tested the case. And I didn't see it in any of their literature at the time. Um, but uh, it is only a 3.0 riser. Uh, this case, the, the riser cable is a 4.0. Um, but as we said earlier in the show, there's very little difference. But if you've got an X570 uh, system and an AM, uh, an AM4 3000 or 5000 series processor, and you put a PCI Gen 4 card in there, on a, uh, you, you have to go into the BIOS and change it manually to PCI 3. Mm. Mm. Um, so, really, at this price, because you're saying it's it's 165 lists or so, 169, 169 lists, but it goes um, on sale I from have, time to time for what, like 150. I have actually seen it regularly um, at under 150. This is an awfully nice looking case, especially when you consider it has the extruded aluminum like outside paneling, and it's it is, I mean, not with a hardline build like this, but it should be pretty easy to build them. You can just take the inner frame out. And do your build on yeah. that. Yeah. Absolutely. That'd be lovely. You could, somebody who was familiar, who, who had sort of familiarized themselves with how to disassemble that case. And if they had the parts laid out and selected, um, you could literally build a system in 15 minutes in that case. You can take it apart quickly. Um, you know, if you've already got the, the cooler mounted on the motherboard, which I do highly recommend before you mount the motherboard in any ITX case. Um, 
yeah, you could just mount it and yeah, the, the hardest thing will be just tucking cable power cables away. Yeah. And it's not always easy, even if it is modular, because there's still going to be some extra unless you're using custom cables. Right. You know, small form factor, it looks so cool when it's all done, but mm-hmm. it is such a pain to build, especially with really tiny ones. I, especially with this one, I, I picture my cats trying to crawl inside that because it's not fully blocked off. Well, you, that's why you put I the would, mesh. I would... It, you can put that is with the mesh panels out. Yeah. Um, they will not fit. Oh, in okay, there, there are mesh panels. There are yeah. anti-cat panels. That oh, good. Installed. <laughs> yeah, the um, uh, I could not use them with the hardline build because um, I, I could actually probably use the one on the uh, CPU side, but on the power supply side or on the uh, graphics card side, the. Um, the reservoir pump combo uh, sticks out just a little right. too far to to mount that there. But and uh, what was your final verdict? Oh, it's a gold. Gold. It's a gold. If it gold. had, had a, gold, Jerry, if it gold. Had, if it had, had gold. A this one's in black and silver. If it had had just a little more ventilation, and um, uh they had made the outside just a little smaller, um, you know, to hit those, those lower leader numbers. Um, it would have been a, a, a editor's choice with no doubt. Very nice. Thank you for the review. And definitely check out the review online. There's a website that's a companion to our podcast. It's pcper.com. It's really where it all started because the podcast came later, but you know, uh, before YouTube, people read reviews online, and they're weird. I know for a fact because I put this review into the system. Kent was kind enough to send me fifty-five images, Whew. Uh, in raw that's kind. format. That's gigabyte. That's kind stuff that he sent me. Video clips that's too, kind. which I can use as B-roll. But uh, so is that enough? Or I do you feel need like more? it's more than enough. I feel okay. like he more than deserves the picture. I sent you. Well done, Kent. Well Josh done. did not send enough. I was struggling to to fill the review with pictures with Josh. Like, oh, I that guess I could put one. Part of the problem, here. though, with a case that has multiple configurations, and if really, you have to show it. You it, didn't even you know, show half of what you did because I don't see any hardline build photos. There were just those hardline build video clips. So I've got to try to figure out what to do. To really showcase the entire experience, I could take still images from the video clips and then add them to the review and have a hundred and you know ten <laughs> you pictures instead. Link them to our YouTube channel. Yeah. So, but uh, by the way, the the build we didn't really talk about this, but look at look at this collection of components. Like Kent just goes all out. What do you do for a living again, Kent? <laughs> Make lots of money, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently. yeah. I'm a yep. I'm a bum. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> hey, no taxes. <laughs> No taxes for that. Let's move to picks of the week. Josh, please. Oh, God. Okay. A friend of mine's probably going to buy this micro center. They still have the big, uh, you know, like 33% off motherboard AMD combo. So it's 650 motherboard, full size. Uh, AMD. 
five Ryzen seven seventy seven hundred X, and uh, you know, thirty two gigs of that pretty good G skill memory. 